0: prohibited by law See terms and conditions 18+. Thanks for tuning in to The Expressing Motherhood podcast. My name's Lindsay Cabot, and I'm the producer and director of the show, which is now 11 years old. So, thanks for tuning in. You're about to listen to Jessica Jablon. When Jessica met her husband almost 20 years ago, she didn't realize that marriage, three daughters, two dogs working and keeping the house wouldn't leave much time for her to be, well, her Over the past 18 months, she has been working hard to find her lost identity by getting into a healthier and happier place, both mentally and physically. This including putting creativity back into her world through writing and acting, something she had always loved doing, but life forced to the back burner. Most recently, she performed in Gorgeous Stories, had the pleasure of being in an episode of the web series The Misadventures Of, and while juggling motherhood, wifedom, working in real estate, and auditioning, is most excited about her latest writing project. You can find her on Instagram at too tired to think. You know, I was just reading her bio. Well, obviously, you were there, but isn't that uh, man? That's why there aren't as many stories about mothers. It's because we're so busy with the kids. Like that's, and then afterwards. I don't know, you know, I guess people used to think we're too old to share those stories, but <sighs> it's just so important to, sh- to get more stories about motherhood out there. Yeah, it's like in the 80s, you know, I thought, okay, I'll be that woman selling homemade baby food with shoulder pads out of my cabin with a baby on my hip. And then you realize once you have the baby, you're like, oh, that's not going to happen. I mean, maybe it happens for like one out of a million of us, but certainly there's different circumstances leading to that but um yeah that's why we just have to keep fighting for our stories especially stories about motherhood i feel like there's still so much on the fringe um and stories about women from all different ages not just young women anyway that's my two cents but it was a joy getting to know jessica and without further ado here is jessica in expressing motherhood
1: Andrew and I looked ridiculous stuffed in the tiny desks and chairs of our older daughter Ronnie's first grade classroom. We were at her parent teacher conference. Her teacher was giving us a raving review of our daughter's academic prowess. Ronnie is a great student and she's so serious about her work. She gets very upset when the students around her are not paying attention. She doesn't like being distracted. How cool, we thought. Our little girl was so interested in learning that she hated it when other children were not paying attention. How conscientious. Flash forward, Ronnie's now in third grade, but something had changed, starting with the homework. Homework time was hell. Oh my God. A packet of work that should take no more than 20 minutes would take two hours. It would take over two hours. She knew what to do, she knew how to do it, but she couldn't do it without constant supervision. It was a struggle. After one incredibly difficult homework afternoon that had me wanting to pull out my hair, I called my husband at work. Andrew, if you want to continue to have three children, I would strongly recommend you leave work and come home now. (laughs) Hearing the frustration in my voice, he left right then, calling his sister, a child psychologist, on the drive. (laughs) We don't know what to do, he told her. She spends forever on her homework. She can't sit still. She rocks back and forth and picks at her fingernails. Her grades are all over the place. She does an assignment and forgets to turn it in. Even though it is sitting in her backpack, there was a pause. Do you want me to talk to you like your sister, your friend, or a therapist? (laughs) All of the above. It sounds like attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. When Andrew relayed the conversation to me later, I was stunned. ADHD? How is that possible? The kids that I knew with ADHD were often unmanageable. Ronnie loves school. She's never a problem child. She's not hyper. It didn't make sense. It couldn't be. But if it was, what would that mean for her? I started researching ADHD online, where I had discovered that there were a few different types. Ronnie sounded like a classic case of inattentive type, formerly known as ADD. I spoke with our pediatrician, I'm not going to rely solely on Dr. Google after all. And she had Ronnie's teacher, Andrew and me, all fill out a questionnaire called the Vanderbilt test, which is a one way of diagnosing ADHD. There's not a blood test for it. That may be the most frustrating part of the diagnosis. How do you really know? Well, when we looked over the results, which ironically helped us focus our thoughts, we knew. So now we had to decide whether or not to put Ronnie on medication. Nobody likes the idea of putting their child on meds. But if a child couldn't see, you would give them glasses, though, right? But many ADHD parents struggle with the idea of giving their child medication. And I get it. It's hard to think of your child with a disability, and medication doesn't seem like a healthy, long-term solution. Making matters worse with ADHD, it's all about trial and error. There isn't one right way or medicine to treat it, as it's completely dependent on each child individually. Sometimes it feels more like an art than a science. Thankfully, Andrew and I have been in sync throughout this process. We were both, albeit reluctantly, willing to try the medication route. So when Ronnie first started meds, it was as if we gave her a magic pill. She had the stamina to focus throughout the day, her grades improved, she would come home and complete her homework with little prodding or oversight. It was a miracle. Nothing like better living through modern chemistry, Andrew would say. (laughs) And it was true, until it wasn't. The meds would be working great until she started having uncontrollable temper tantrums and we had to change. The new pill would work great until her left hand started shaking and we had to change. The next med would work great, until she was having trouble focusing again, and we needed to change the dosage. It's been scary, it's been exhausting, but at the end of the day, the medication still makes a world of difference. In fact, Ronnie prefers to be on medication. When I look back at that parent-teacher conference so many years ago, little did we know that something we were so proud of was actually a warning sign. That's the funny thing about being a parent. Sometimes good news isn't so good. And when that happens, you need to make the most of it. Andrew and I have worked hard to empower Ronnie and not to let her view her disability as something to be ashamed of. We want her to recognize that even though she has challenges, it doesn't mean that she can't reach her goals. Now in 10th grade, Ronnie works hard to succeed. She gets frustrated when she needs to use an accommodation from her teachers, and she really hates it when we need to get involved with the school. But that's life. As parents, we do what we need to do to support our children. It's scary to think that in just a couple of years, she'll be considered an adult. We can only hope that by then, we will have given her the tools to advocate for herself.